In the comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes, comes this little fun uh, story regarding Mother's Day. Uh, Calvin is standing by his mother's bed when he says to his mom, Hey, Mom, wake up. I made you a Mother's Day card. His mother was very pleased and started to read it out loud. And Calvin was so proud. Here's what Calvin wrote, which his mom read. Here are the words. Calvin says, I was going to buy a card with hearts of pink and red, but then I thought I'd rather spend the money instead. It's awfully hard to buy things when one's allowance is so small, so I guess you're plenty lucky I got you anything at all. Happy Mother's Day. There, I've said it. Now I'm done. So how about getting out of bed and fixing breakfast for your son? That's how Mother's Day begins, isn't it, for you moms? It's not easy being a mom. A mother was talking to an old college friend one day, and she says, you know what? I remember before I was married that I had three theories about raising children. Now I have three kids, and I have no more theories. Okay. Well, this morning, we want to honor you moms, and we're going to uh, spend some time talking to you mothers, and we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at uh, Hannah's life, who had baby Samuel. And so again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to look at the whole chapter together. And from Samuel chapter 1 here, we can glean some uh, stories, not stories, some, some examples, some, uh, some principles about motherhood that comes from Hannah. So again, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 1 looking at the whole chapter together. And so we're going to begin, first of all, by looking at verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to read that uh, story for you this morning. But again, we are going to glean some principles regarding life. There's going to be spiritual lessons for us coming from Hannah's example as a mother. So I trust that you will be encouraged, moms, as we look at Hannah's life together. So anyhow, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And so I invite you to follow along. There was a certain man from Ramathame, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jerom, the son of Elihu, the son of Tofu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penaniah, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? 
don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Now, as we see from these opening verses, life is difficult. Life is difficult for Hannah. And we see two problems in this particular narrative. Let's look at those two problems. Problem number one here that Hannah is experiencing, she has a physical problem. She can't have children. Now, in a culture where children were a sign of God's blessing, to be childless was perceived as a curse from God. Okay? People looked at Hannah, and they judged, and they concluded, Hannah, you must not be living the right life because you don't have children. So that's problem number one. She's unable to have children. Hannah's second problem is relational. There is a conflict between she and Penaniah. Verse 6 gives a reason. Here's the reason why they have in conflict. Because the Lord had closed her womb. Because of that, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This other woman was reminding her frequently, you can't have children. You must have done something wrong because God is not smiling on you. You're a bad, bad lady. Well, the first principle on motherhood that we derive from these first eight verses is this, and here's the principle or the, the lesson. Women of faith exhibit real problems, okay? Women of faith, Christian ladies, encounter real problems. You see, spiritual maturity is not an antidote to difficulty. We often think, man, if I do the right things, if I pray the right prayer... If I do these things before God's eyes, God will smile on me and I'll experience his favor. And pretty much we define experiencing his favor by not having difficulty. But that's not life. And you know that. So women of faith do encounter real problems. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says this to us. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, will be persecuted. Okay? So there will be difficult in your lives as a mom. Okay? But that happens to godly women. That does not mean God has turned a deaf ear. That doesn't mean that uh, you have done something, therefore God is not smiling on you. Life is such that God is more interested in your character and in your development that he will permit and allow things to come into your life as he grooms you to be that superhero mom. Okay? Let's look at second the principle that comes from this particular story. We begin reading in verse 9. Okay, Follow along as I read verse 9 through 18. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. 
In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and he said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. The principle that comes from those particular verses is this. Women of faith express vibrant prayers. Christian women spend time praying. Here's a story about Jeannie Olson that I encountered in my reading. She says, Jeannie Olson, a mother of five from Illinois, took her daughter Kristen, age nine, out for a mother-daughter breakfast. During their meal, Jeannie courageously asked her daughter, and here's the question, how do you think I could be a better mom? Kristen thought for a moment, well, well, you do yell a lot. I know you've been praying about that, but it really isn't working yet. You know, sometimes we wonder if our prayers work, don't we? Let's be honest. Sometimes we pray, and it feels like or seems like, or at least we sense, that our, our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, and they're going nowhere. We've all been in that situation where we've prayed and we've prayed and nothing has happened and we end up feeling, God, do you really care? Well, I want you to notice something about Hannah's prayer life here. It's in verse 12. We're told that Hannah kept on praying. Do you see that there? She kept on praying. I'm sure she had her days when she wondered, what's the use? Well, why should I pray? God doesn't listen to me. But we find that she perseveres. She does not give up. She kept on praying. So that's observation number one regarding her prayer. She keeps on. Moms, superheroes, keep on praying. Here's a second observation from her story. It's in verse 18. Look at verse 18. It says, she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. 
So I have a question for you all. Moms, dads, you can participate here too. When did Hannah's appetite return and her spirit change? It happened after something. After she prayed. You see that? After she prayed. Then her hunger returned and she was no longer so bummed out. Okay? You see, prayer was a vehicle that she used to bring peace to her heart. That's why we keep on. You see, superheroes, superhero moms, they have bad days. They are down in the dumps. And anxiousness and worry overtakes your spirit, doesn't it? Like Hannah, who was our superhero this morning, keep on praying. Keep on. Make it an hourly practice. And understand that prayer has the power to change things, to return hunger and raise spirits. That is the superhero's weapon, prayer. Mom, that's your weapon. Prayer. If we're going to create a superhero called mom, she's going to have that belt of truth, no doubt, so she can wrap it around her kids and say, oh yeah, did you really, did you really do that or not do that? But also, prayer is a superhero mom's weapon as well. Make it a weapon of choice. Returning to our story, we find these words in verse 19. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Well, the principle that comes from this short segment of our story is that women of faith experience God's provision. Women of faith experience God's provision. God does answer prayer. A lady tells this story about God's provision. She says, I did not want to go to prayer service that evening. I wanted to stay home and make a dish of candied fruit from a new recipe that I found. But the recipe called for three oranges, oranges and I had none. Reluctantly, I decided to go to church, thinking that if I got the oranges that night, I could make the dish first thing in the morning. As I drove through the city to church, I stopped at every corner store along the way looking for oranges. Unfortunately, all the stores I passed were out. I arrived to church feeling disappointed, but determined to keep my mind on the service until the end. Well, as I was leaving, a teenage boy asked for a ride home, and I agreed to take him. When we pulled into the public housing project where he lived, my headlights landed on a loaded pickup truck. As we drew in closer, I shrieked, oranges! There... Spotlighted by the street lamp stood a truckload of oranges, boxes and boxes of large, beautiful oranges. 
Where is the driver, I asked. Here he comes now, replied the teenager. Reaching hurriedly into my purse and finding one dollar, I gave it to the teen and told him to ask the man if I could buy three oranges, just three. He jumped out as I turned my head and looked out the window, trying to see around the truck. I was still holding my breath when the boy came back around the truck with as many as oranges his arms could carry. He didn't have any bags, the boy called out. Awed and overjoyed, I took the fruit, returning several to the grateful teen. That night, I made my candied fruit, knowing I had put God first, and he had met my needs. Woman of faith, experience God's provision. Exercise your weapon of power called prayer. Be persistent and persevere and keep on exercising that prayer and await the provision of God. For our last principle, join me in looking at verses 21 through 28. When her husband, Elkanah, went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband, Elkanah, told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord God... Or, only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. In verse 11, we find Hannah making a promise to God. She said, Lord, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you. Here in verses 21 and 28, the verses we just read, we see the fulfillment of that promise. Here's the principle regarding motherhood. Women of faith excel in keeping their promises. Women of faith keep their word. Hannah was a woman of integrity. Her word was gold. What she promised, she kept. It takes a superhero mom to keep her word. But it's that word-keeping ability that brings stability and blessing to her household. 
Psalm 15 says this, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts. Woman of faith. Superhero moms excel in keeping their promises. You may not feel this morning like a superhero, but mom, you can be. Not because I say it, but because of the God whose spirit lives in you. Because God has given his Holy Spirit, you can be that superhero. Happy Mother's Day, and thanks for being our heroes. Let's pray together. Father God, thanks again for our heroes, our moms. They have invested so much, and oftentimes with no gratitude. Heavenly Father, we are grateful this morning. For our moms. May they be honored on this day. Thank you for how they have challenged us, how they have guided us, Lord, how they have put up with us and continue to love us. We are blessed. Thank you for mom, and I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.